TII item 336, January 31st, 2015, iOS 8.1.3. Today in iPhone. Yeah, I like it a lot. Today in iPhone. Hey, Gola! Oh, yeah. My beautiful iPhone, which I never have out of my hand and that I do everything with and has become an extension of who I am. This episode of Today in iOS is brought to you by Casper. Get $50 off any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash TII and using promo code TII. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Rob, and this is a Today in iOS podcast. First up, I want to thank Jeff for sending in the music you hear in the background. Jeff wrote, Hi, Rob. I made this song called Face It with my iPhone 4S using the GarageBand app. For free downloads and more music, follow me at JeffJ6 on Twitter. Regards, JeffJ. Well, thanks, Jeff, for the music. And folks, I'll put the full song at the end of the episode. also want to thank Rel for sending in the artwork for today's show. Rel wrote, Hi, Rob. I use my iPhone 6 for taking the photo, then edited it with Snapseed, Square Ready, PS Express, Frame Magic, and the Fonto apps. Also, if you'd like to see some of my photography, I am Sundisk, S-U-N-D-I-S-K, on Instagram, where you can see more of my works. Regards, Rel R. Well, Rel, thanks for sending in that artwork. And folks, you can see Rel's artwork in the free TI app, via the bonus button for episode 336 or if you subscribe via iTunes on your computer as the album artwork and also as the standalone post in the VIP section and at facebook.com slash todayinios. If you have some artwork and or music you've created on your iOS device that you would like to share with the audience, please email to me at todayinios at gmail.com. Please make sure to include which app or apps you use to create said artwork and or music. In this segment of How Wrong Were They, we have the following quote. Quote, Apple's innovation problem is real. Rivals have caught up to Apple in the market it once dominated. And the tech giant's rumored future products appear to be more evolutionary than revolutionary. Unquote. Julian Pepitone and Adrian Covert, CNN Money Talk, the 8th of September 2013. What is this catch-up you speak of? The rivals, for the most part, are selling crap. And all of the profits remain with Apple as a result. As more than enough people show they will spend a little bit extra to get a lot more product. Just saying. For promo codes on episode 335, we offered up chances to win promo codes for the app BVS Solitaire Collection. We'll be giving those out later this week or next week, actually, as we roll into that. For more info on these apps, go back and listen to the beginning of episode 335. No promo codes for this episode, which means you as a dev just missed out on a great, free opportunity to promote your apps. Hey folks, promotion, promotion, promotion. That is part of the game when it comes to being an app dev. So a quick little reminder, if you are an app dev or an iBook author, email me if you want your app or iBook featured in the promo giveaway segment. We just need the five promo codes or more to give away. Simply email me at todayinios at gmail.com. And please include a 60-second or less audio review of your app or iBook, indicating you are the dev or the author. Also, when you send in the promo codes, please, please, please make sure to let me know when they expire. I want to thank Barry M. for the heads up on an issue with the Chiquita map from the last episode. This is something I really, really, really should have noticed. This is per the article about which states had the highest percentage of iPhone traffic for their ad network. And one state I mentioned, and well, featured, is the state I live in, Kansas. What I did not notice, but Barry did, was that in the Chiquita map, they have the state of Nebraska colored dark and labeled as Kansas, and they labeled Kansas as Nebraska. Oh! You would think, uh, given you know that I live in Kansas, I would have noticed. But per my defense, I did actually work on that one from the iPhone, and I was looking at state names, and uh, well, anyway, pretty embarrassing. Nonetheless, uh, I'm sorry I didn't catch it. And worse for Chiquita for messing it up in the first place. Per if Kansas was actually at a higher level, or was it Nebraska? Not sure. It says Kansas, but it's definitely Nebraska that was um, colored at the darkest color. 
Barry M., thanks again for the heads up on that. Apple did finally release the update, iOS 8.1.3. As with any double dot update, it is mostly geared towards bug fixes and not feature ads. As always, I say wait at least one week before you update. However, many of you don't listen to that advice, and of those that didn't listen to that advice, here's what some of them had to say. Well, I'm sorry to say 8.1.3 didn't fix the spotlight bug on my iPhone 6 like they said it would. It's disappeared twice so far since updating anyone else noticing this. Regards, Shannon. Then also, that was from our Google Plus community. Also in our Google Plus community, Tosin O posted the following. Just downloaded iOS 8.1.3, hitch free. What has been your experience? To which she had many responses. Here are some of them. From Bob Stacy, all good, no problems at all. From Mark Parrish, right after I installed 8.1.3, Google Plus crashed. From Jerry Goldmom, no problems. Spotlight search seems okay now. From Nohan Hyun, my fingerprint reader is not working consistently anymore after up the update to 8.1.3. Is anyone else experiencing an issue unlocking your phone using the fingerprint? I have an iPhone 5S from Verizon. And he wrote back in another post. I figured out that the fingerprint reader doesn't work when the lightning cable is plugged in. Unplug it, then it works again. Very weird, 8.1.3 bug. And then finally a third one. Fingerprint sensor is working now, plugged in too. That was weird. I noticed it stopped working after an hour after I updated. So, well, now everything is fine. From Francisco Tapia. Noticed that some apps now pause their animation transitions, where in 8.1.2 they were smooth. From Gail Allison. No problems with it. From Stephen Long. Seems fine to me. And from Bruce Patterson. All was well. Based on what I have read and seen, it does seem okay to update to 8.1.3 as long as you don't plan on jailbreaking. If you plan on jailbreaking, as always, don't upgrade. Also, before you upgrade, make sure you follow my recommended steps. You can see them as a PDF in the TI app. Go to the episode list and tap on PDF, scroll to the bottom, and tap on Recommended Update Procedure, then tap Open PDF. It's highly recommended you do this before each update. For myself, I have not updated yet. One, I was traveling this past week, as you know, so I never do updates when traveling. Two, when I made it back, I had no choice. Uh, really, I didn't have time. I could either do the update and delay this episode or get the episode out tonight. I chose the latter. I'll be updating tomorrow and we'll also be doing the iTunes update because it's the new version of iTunes and the latest updates for OS X Yosemite. Lots of updates this past week. If you had any issues with the updates or the latest updates, be it iOS or interaction with Yosemite, email me todayinios at gmail.com and let me know what issues you had. Also let me know uh, if you did the update per my recommended steps. So if you have any issues, did you do my recommended steps or not? Not that I'll be judging you or anything. Now let's talk a little bit about Apple's quarterly conference call this past week. Apple did something they have not done in a long time. Not since Steve was the CEO and they were totally sandbagging projections. What Apple did was this week, they blew everyone's expectations out of the water, including their own. I mean, way, way out of the water. Revenue, profits, earnings per share, iPhone sales, toasted all those expectations. Revenue was $74.6 billion versus $57.6 billion a year ago and $42.1 billion last quarter. Total cash now is at $178 billion, up $22.7 billion for the quarter from $155.2 billion. Apple generated $33.7 billion in cash flow and returned over $8 billion via dividends and share buyback the last quarter. Apple's $18 billion in profit for the quarter was not just an all-time record for Apple. It was an all-time record for any public company in any quarter ever in the history of the world. Yet, the press for the last couple of years, and even some, still are negative on Apple. Go figure. Here's a great quote from Ben Thompson at strategy, strategy.com, anyway, the link in the show notes, but quote, last quarter, Apple's revenue was downright decimated by the strengthening U.S. dollar. 
currency fluctuations reduced Apple's revenue by 5%, a cool $3.7 billion. That, though, is more than Google made in profit last quarter, $2.83 billion. Apple lost more money to currency fluctuations than Google makes in a quarter. And yet it's Google that is feared and Apple that is feared for, unquote. I think that sums up the irrational and sometimes downright inept tech and financial press when it comes to their reporting on Apple. Now, let's talk units sold. Last quarter, iPhone sales were 74.5 million units. That was way above even the most optimistic analyst, which was Kirk Burgess from the Brayburn Group, who had guessed 71.5 million. The average estimate was 66.5 million, so Apple beat the average estimate by 8 million units. Oh, and the dunce hat? That goes to Uncle Gene Munster from Piper Jaffray with a laughable guess of 61 million. Remember, folks, Uncle Gene gets paid lots and lots of money to follow Apple full-time and figure out what Apple's going to report. Per my predictions on iPhone sales, and no, I'm not paid a lot of money and I'm not doing this full-time, I was right in one way. What I said was, quote, my guess is Apple sold however many they were able to make last quarter, with Apple saying that sales were constrained by supplier and they did not equal equilibrium until this month. But if I was guessing, I would have said 69.2 million sold, unquote. Again, I was right that Apple sold how many they could make, which is what they said on the call. And they also said it was not until January when they reached equilibrium. So got that right as well. So this quarter will be all about demand, not supply. For iPad sales, Apple reported 21.4 million sold versus 26 million a year ago and 12.3 million last quarter. So yes, as expected, it was a drop, but only 0.1 million less or 100,000 less than what analysts estimated in average. Colin Gillis from BGC Partners was closest to the mark with a guess of 21.2 million iPads sold. Furthest from the mark to the low end goes Aaron C. Rakers with a guess of 16.3 million. And furthest from the mark to high were Peter Missick and Uncle Gene again, both with a guess of 25 million units. So yes, often wrong, Uncle Gene was the worst when it comes to iPhone predictions and one of the worst for iPad predictions. And he's getting paid for following Apple. Why? All I have to say is don't trust your money with Piper Jaffrey. Just saying. Per Mac sold, Apple reported 5.5 million Macs were sold last quarter versus 4.8 million the year ago quarter and the 5.5 million in the previous quarter. That number was right in line with what analyst estimates were. They would have sold one more Mac last quarter if they had released an updated MacBook Pro which I'm really, really, really waiting for. Hopefully, Apple intros the new MacBook Pros soon. Turning to miscellaneous notes from the conference call. 200,000 unit decline in iPhone channel inventory for the quarter was reported versus an increase of a million units in channel inventory in the year-ago quarter. So the 74.5 million number is even more impressive versus last year's 51 million because it was really 50 million iPhone sales for the quarter worked out to an average of about 34,000 or over 34,000 iPhones sold per average for the full quarter. So every hour for the entire quarter, on average, Apple sold over 34,000 iPhones. iPhone ASPs were $687, an increase of $50 from the year ago quarter. So going from 32 gig to 64 gig for the, the middle tier really seems to have paid off with more people bumping up to that. The one billionth iOS device was sold in November. It was an iPhone, which Apple said they have. Which, really, is that a sale if Apple still has it? Hmm. Anyway, there are now well over one billion iOS devices that have been sold to date. Apple said there have been over 25 million Apple TVs sold to date as well. USA Technologies made Apple Pay available at over 200,000 locations. That includes vending machines and parking meters and kiosks and laundry machines. And one more thing I learned from the Apple call is what early in the year means, what middle of the year means, and what late in the year means. As Tim Cook was so nice to break that down. Early in the year means January 1st to April 30th. 
middle of the year means May 1st to August 31st, and late in the year means September 1st to December 31st. So remember that the next time Apple says a new product is coming early or mid or late this year or next year. We learned all about this because Apple said the Apple Watch would be launched in April, and one of the analysts asked why it slipped from early in the year to April, to which Tim then gave everyone Apple's definition previously mentioned. If you would like to see some charts showing all-time sales of iPhones and iPads, go to the TII app and look for the bonus content for this episode, episode 336. You're going to see a PDF with updated charts. One thing you will start to see is that the iPad sales combined for the trailing four quarters are now starting to drop versus how the iPhone was doing at the same point in its life. I know Apple has said in the recent past that total iPad sales were better than the iPhone sales at the same point in its life. That is no longer true. This is not a negative on the iPad. I think it's just that the iPad's useful life is so much longer. And as you are seeing, if you own an iPad, there really is no reason to upgrade better than once every three or four or more years. Our original iPad here is still used almost every day by my kids. My parents are using their original iPad every day for emails and surfing the web. A couple other notes from the call. Uh, HealthKit is now in over 600 apps. The Swift development tools have been downloaded 11 million times. Over 30 auto brands have signed up for CarPlay. Over 750 banks and credit unions are signed up for Apple Pay. And finally, one of the most interesting stats of all, and that is Tim Cook said over 85% of new iPhone sales last quarter were to switchers, with most coming from Android. Huh? Wow. I mean, if that's really true, wow. That could be a good reason why, by Friday of this week, Apple stock was up to a new all-time high of $120 even during the day. It did finish the day down at $117.16 per share. There was a little bit of sell-off at the end of the day where people and robots were taking profits. Still, if you look at the end of this week, it was one of the better end-of-the-week positions for the stock for a week where earnings were announced versus the beginning of that week, at least for the last couple of years, that is. All in all, it was a really good week if you're an Apple stockholder, and I'm sure you slept a little better this week. Speaking of which, we are very happy to have Casper back as a sponsor. Casper is an online retailer and manufacturer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the price you're used to paying. Have you ever purchased a mattress by sitting on it for just a few minutes at the store, only later to regret it? That happened with us with my oldest son's mattress. We thought we purchased a good mattress, but oh my, we learned we did not. We would lay down with him to get him to go to sleep, and as we tried to get up, we would hear, he would hear us because it was a noisy mattress, and he'd feel us moving because it was that type of mattress. And he would wake up. Very, very frustrating. But we were stuck with that mattress. However, with Casper, you get a 100-day risk-free trial period. You don't like it, you get your money back. And they come and pick it up and take it back. That said, the mattress they sent is great and is definitely not going back. It is a mix of latex foam and memory foam. No noisy springs to wake up your kid or significant other when you get up which is also nice for sneaking off at 2 a.m. to write some show notes because I thought of a snarky joke to work into the next episode. Here's why I really loved this mattress. When we received our Casper mattress for my son, the first three nights he slept through the whole night. The last time he slept three nights in a row through the whole night? Yeah, that would have been never. Not even in the womb. Casper did an incredible job on engineering and the feel of this mattress I have slept on it as well as it's really great sleep and that's actually an issue I have now. Uh, if I need to get him to go to sleep, I tend to fall asleep when I'm laying down next to him and the nights that I record episodes, the boys go and sleep with mom. So when I'm done, I can go sleep in his bed now and my back is not all out of whack in the morning. So it is definitely a comfortable mattress. But just as important as quality is pricing and the pricing is really great. Twin mattresses are just $500. 
They also have Twin XL for $600, Full Size for $750, Queen for $850, then King and California Kings for $950. That is less than half the price my parents paid for their king size mattress, and they can't stand their mattress. Like I said, you have 100 days to return it, risk-free, and if you go to casper.com slash TII and use promo code TII, you'll save $50 off those prices I just mentioned. This is an American-made mattress with delivery right now for the U.S. and Canada only, and it is free delivery. When said mattress is delivered, it is from UPS in a squarish box that you think, no way is there a mattress in there. But you get a cool little tool to open it up, the package. The mattress opens up and expands to form. Just make sure you open it in the room you plan to use it in. And yes, the mattress box is still a fort for the kids in their playroom. As they say, you spend a third of your life in bed. Okay, maybe more if you have Apple TV and Netflix in the bedroom. And for the cost of an iPad, is it not worth getting the best night's sleep possible? And that is what you get with Casper or what your kids will get. Again, to save $50 off of the prices I mentioned, go to casper.com slash TII. Use promo code TII, all lowercase, on the promo code. Again, casper.com slash TII. Promo code TII to save $50. Thanks, Casper, for the great mattress for my son and for sponsoring the show. Yeah, hey, Rob, just listening to your latest uh, TII episode 335, where Steve from Brisbane was asking about Instagram. If he goes into the Instagram app, goes to the bottom right corner for his little profile, tap on the top right where the little gear is, he scrolls down just a little bit under preferences, there is an option to save original photos. Can you turn that off, and that should help them. I uh, hope that helps them out, and enjoy listening to your show. Keep up the good work. Thanks. Oh, this is Mike from Phoenix. Bye. Mike, thanks for that feedback. Into the email bag we go. Hi, Rob. I found a way to help the two callers that were trying to get Siri to recognize their kids' names when spoken. I have the same problem. My daughter's name is Laura Lee, spelled L-O-R-E-L-E-I, and Siri always messes it up. Here's what I did. Add your child to your contacts. may not be required, but it's what I did. Go to your contacts and then add related name. Again, may not be necessary, but it's what I did. Launch Siri and say, that's not how you say Laura Lee. She'll ask you to pronounce it and gives you choices to pick from. After doing that, it seems to be working for me. Hope it works for you. Regards, Lou V. P.S. I hope your mom is feeling better after surgery. Best wishes. Thanks, Lou, and thanks for the well wishes, and yes, she's doing well, and I'll talk about that at the end of the episode. Some more emails on this. Hi, Rob. Just created contact with that name. She will use it first before trying to spell it herself. Regards, Trucker Alex. Hi, Rob. Here is how to handle Siri's spelling names wrong and to teach him or her how to do that. First, the person's name needs to be in your context, spelled correctly. Do the following after writing down the way Siri thinks it should be spelled. Go into Contacts. Go to the contact you are working with. Go into Edit. Scroll down to Add Field and go into Add Field. Go into Phonetic First Name. Spell in this field the way that Siri spelled the contact name that you wrote down. Hit Done. Now Siri will recognize your contact the way you say it. Siri will also spell it correctly now. Regards, Chris in London. Hi, Rob. In episode 335, a couple of listeners had Siri issues with misspelling given names for family members. I recalled an earlier problem finding a contact with Siri and recalled a solution. Here is the solution to help Siri understand a name and spell it correctly. This should help. Open Contacts. Go to the contact you are working with or create a new contact. Click Edit. Scroll down to Add Field. Click it to select phonetic first name. Spell in the field that the way Siri misspelled the contact, that name that you wrote down. Click Done. Now here's a wrinkle. You may have other names in your 1,000 plus contact entries that phonetically sound alike. For example, Corey, Corey, Carrie, Carrie, Carrie. Anyway, the phonetic first name field can't resolve those problems. Regards, Paul G. in Lawrenceville. Well, Paul and Chris and uh, Trucker Alex and Keith and Lou V. and a bunch of other people that sent in feedback on this one. Thank you so much for sending in the feedback. And I hope that helps the previous callers. And speaking of places to get help, 
We are now over 1,900 members in our Google Plus community and growing. Thanks to everyone that has joined and thanks for the great posts. One new post in the Google Plus community that went up since the last episode came out was from Anthony McDonald, who asked, quote, who thinks the iPhone 5 will get iOS 9 support, unquote. The simplest answer to this is that the 4S is getting support for iOS 8, so yes, the 5 will get support for iOS 9. And if you take it one step further, any iOS device currently for sale will get support for iOS 9, and the iPhone 5C has the same internals as the iPhone 5. The only thing different is the case, so double yes on the iPhone 5 getting support for iOS 9. That said, I hope iOS 9 is 99.9% focused on bug fixes and performance enhancements. New features are not nearly as important to me than seeing the next version of iOS run better, faster, and more reliable on the current hardware. And since the last episode, there were also dozens and dozens and dozens of other new posts in the TII Google Plus community, which is an Android boys free zone and spammer free zone. Yep, it is the most civil Google Plus community covering iOS. Folks, go to todayinios.com slash community to join in. And thanks to all 1,900 plus of you already in the community and contributing. One other thing that was mentioned in the quarterly call and also sent in via email and voicemail from a few of you is that Stanford's iTunes U course for learning Swift programming is now available. So if you were one that used the Stanford courses in the past to learn iOS development, good news, the Swift version is now available. And if you were someone that was looking to learn Swift, again, good news, the iTunes courses from Stanford University is now available. Are you an app dev or someone doing beta testing for an app dev? And were you someone that liked TestFlight? I say were, as in past tense, because as on February 26th, TestFlight will be grounded. Apple purchased the company that created TestFlight. If you want to know what to do, look for the link titled TestFlight in the show notes for episode 336. But in a nutshell... Apple has some instructions for you to look over for beta testing. It's not that you can't do it anymore, but now you have to do it just a little bit different. I love the title of this next one. And by love, I mean hate. And by hate, I mean I pity the fool that wrote it. But it does show just how clueless some tech writers, Android fanboys can be. And this is from Silicon Beat. And the title of the article is, quote, Despite Apple's gains, Android rules smartphones, unquote. Yes, because Apple's close to 90% share of smartphone profits, that does not matter. This article is one of those don't-have-a-clue articles. But hey, it is link bait, so it worked. They just don't get that Android is not a single thing. It's a chaotic mess of many different versions, each with modifications by the OEM, and then more modifications by the carriers. What you experience on an HTC phone from T-Mobile in Germany may be very different than what you experience with Samsung on Verizon in the U.S. or what you get with a Sony Ericsson phone on SoftBank in Japan. Matter of fact, if you purchased a new phone per the examples above, you might find one is KitKat, another ice cream, and another is Jelly Bean or some other version. And I should say ice cream sandwich before anyone corrects me. But anyway... Point is, you really don't know what you will get from handset to handset and carrier to carrier with Android. But if you buy an iPhone 6 from any carrier in the world today, it'll be the same user experience. Maybe a couple added features like Wi-Fi calling from T-Mobile in the U.S. that's not available on, say, Sprint or Verizon. But otherwise, 99.9% the same. Same base apps, the same UI. So yes, maybe there are more Android phones sold, but they are not making their OEMs any money, and the experience for the end user is not consistent, none of which was even remotely touched on in that schlock of an article. Just saying. Hi, my name is Audrey. You may have remembered me from before, but I've been a fan of yours for a while. I have a weird kind of request, and that is, can you explain the business logic, you know, from the point of view of Apple about this whole upgrading and when you can upgrade to a new phone? Why do they care which phone you have? 
in the sense that it's it's all iPhone, so it's not like you've really changed your phone. You've just upgraded your hardware, your software. Seems like it shouldn't be such a big deal. Um, so could you explain, you know, because maybe I'm business stupid, why Apple is making, why not Apple, but why AT&T makes it so difficult for you to change your phone. It's just such a complex process. Uh, thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Plain and simple, Audrey, the main reason is money, 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 money. If I could play music on the show, I would have put that clip in there. That's it. It's all about the Benjamins. Uh, AT&T wants to make more of them, and the longer you stay on contract with an old phone, the more money they make. Uh, They lose money when you switch phones often. They want you to buy a phone where they subsidize the price, so that means they're basically forward selling you the phone at a lower price. So they're putting all the money up front for this phone and you pay a much reduced price. You're not paying the full price for that phone. And then over time, they're making the money back. And the longer you go between upgrades, the more money they make. So that's it. Just about money. Now, I don't blame AT&T or Verizon or Sprint for what they're doing. You have to applaud T-Mobile for what they're doing, which is completely different than that, which is you pay for the phone up front and they'll give you a lower plan overall. So I like what T-Mobile's doing, obviously. That's one of the reasons I move over to T-Mobile. Now for me, I'm buying the phone outright, and I'm not locked into some predetermined update schedule. I don't have to wait two years. If I want to update this fall, there's a new iPhone, I'm going to do it. If there's not, I'll wait until there is a one that I think makes sense for me to spend the money. But Either way, I get a good low plan or low price plan from T-Mobile. If you're someone that wants the freedom to upgrade whenever you want, you might want to look at T-Mobile. Again, it's just a decision that made sense for me, but for AT&T and Verizon, it definitely makes a lot more sense for them to push out the upgrade cycle to the two years plus because they need to make their money as well since they're subsidizing the cost of those phones. Audrey, thanks for that voicemail message. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. Per the issue of not being able to move songs, it is an iOS bug. Here is what I did to fix it. One, I deleted all the songs on my iPhone via general settings. Two, I went into the music app to see what songs were not deleted and made note of those songs. Three, changed the music settings to show all songs. Four, re-downloaded the songs that I wanted to delete. Five, changed to music settings to show only songs on iPhone. Six, go back into the music app or general settings and delete the songs. Seven, re-download songs you want from iTunes app on iOS. Do not download via the music app. Note, when downloading songs from music app, it gets all buggy. Hope this helps. Regards, John S. Hey, Rob. We were wondering if there were any negative effects of field test mode, and if so, what are they? I found on the internet that it's that if you call star 3001 pound 12345 pound star, you can enter field test mode. But then uh, if you hold the power button till the slide bar comes up, then press the home button. Uh, and if you repeat this two or three times, then the numbers in the top left can toggle between the numbers and the bars. Any negative effects, or is it all good news? I'm on AT&T in case that matters. Regards, Josh. And P.S. January 15th, 2015 was the 100th anniversary of the first transcontinental phone call made by Alexander Graham Bell from New York to San Francisco. Josh, thanks for the email and for the PS there about the 100th anniversary. That's cool. To, I didn't see that pop up anywhere. But anyway, back to your question about field test mode. I don't know of any negatives for field test mode other than just the aesthetics and how it looks. So if you want to go into enter into field test mode, feel free. If anyone out there knows any reason why you shouldn't, and again, I don't know of any, let us know, 206-666-6364, that's 206-MOON-DOG, or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. And I should point out that if you do go into the phone app and you dial star 
3001 pound 12345 pound star. At least for T-Mobile as well, it will go into field test mode. So I don't know if it works on every version of the iPhone, regardless of the carrier, but it definitely works for T-Mobile and it works for AT&T. This next one is from longtime listener Dave O. Hello, Rob. If your listeners are looking for a wireless stereo Bluetooth headset that fits over the years with eight hours of battery life, completely waterproof, 100-foot range, wireless range, Bluetooth 3.0, HD audio with nice bass, and complete set of earbuds, well, look no farther. Just pick up a Blue Ant Pump HD Sports Bud or Sport Buds. I got mine at my local Micro Center Electronics Super Center, and I never take them off, including taking a shower, except to charge them every night. They are light and comfortable and worth every penny of the $129.99 I paid for them. Don't believe me? Just check out the videos on YouTube. Buy these wireless headsets. You will not be disappointed. Regards, Dave O. Well, thanks, Dave, for that review. And again, that's the Blue Ant Pump HD Sport Buds. For our crowdfunded project of the week, we have one from Kickstarter that had a goal of $50,000 and has, in a week, raised half a million dollars. That's 10 times their goal if you didn't put that into your calculator on your own. This is the print project with print spelled P-R-Y-N-T. Thanks, guys. And that is a case that prints photos. Think of it as a case that turns your iPhone into a Polaroid camera. They have cases for the iPhone 5, 5S, 5C, and the iPhone 6. Sorry, nothing for the 6 Plus. Most of the options are sold out. Initially, it was $99. Actually, it was a $79 for really a short period of time, but then it went to $99 for the print case. Right now, there's a $150 version that gets you the print case, a pack of 30 sheets of paper, and a Hall of Famed mention, plus also a t-shirt. There's also a $199 option to get you two print cases and 40 sheets of paper. What is interesting about this case? One, no Wi-Fi or Bluetooth. It connects via the lightning port only. And really interesting is no ink for the printer. The ink is in the paper which is interesting and also means you're locked into using their paper. Search for print, P-R-Y-N-T, at kickstarter.com or in the show notes for episode 336. Hi, Rob. Stay away from the Outlook app from Microsoft, especially if in a corporate setting. Save your credentials in the Microsoft Cloud Services, which we all know have direct open doors to the NSA and Microsoft's vulnerable operating systems. Even after the app is deleted, the open credentials remain t- uh, to your data, emails, and calendars. Regards, Chris in London. Hi, Rob. I had seen uh, this Outlook app the other day and had downloaded it. It still was similar to the old Accompli app, but thought you would want to see this article to warn others about the security issues. Regards, Peter. And, well, it seems like Microsoft has finally figured out how to get their products and apples on the same security level, and that was to release a product that borked your security, for lack of a better term. According to IBM developer Renee Winkelmeyer, the app presents some major security issues for the companies that intend to use it. Quote, what I saw was breathtaking. A frequent scanning from an AWS, that's Amazon Web Service, IP, to my mail account, means Microsoft stores my personal credentials and server data. Luckily, I used my private test account and not my company account. Somewhere in the cloud, they are saved. They haven't asked me, they just scan, so they have, in theory, full access to my PIM data. Those messages, calendar events, and contacts, along with their associated metadata, may be temporarily stored and indexed securely both in our server and locally on the app on your device, and our servers in that case is Microsoft's. If your emails have attachments and you request to open them in our app, the services retrieves them from the mail server, securely stores them temporarily on our servers, and delivers them to the app, unquote, said Winklemeyer. So in other words, be very careful if you plan on using this app's 
and definitely, definitely check with your IT department first. Now, I've seen some of the comments on the different articles out there. Some people saying, oh, this is no big deal. This is what has always been done. And others going, oh, this is completely unacceptable. So again, check with your IT department before you start using this app. And who knows what kind of can of worms this is going to open up. There's one article I've been holding off talking about, but since Valentine's Day is coming, I thought you might want to read this one to use for your Valentine's Day cards. This is an article about how The Verge took the iPhone 6 reviews that were out there and pulled out different quotes to create erotic poetry. I so want to read some of them on the show, but then I might lose that G rating. So I will just say, if you're not sure what to write in your significant other's V-Day card, I dare you to use some of the quotes used in this poetry. Quotes about the iPhone 6 in your card to your significant other. Warning, if they figure out what you're doing, it will be more than a few shades of gray that you're seeing. Probably a little crimson in there as well. Just saying. Look for the link titled Erotic Poetry Constructed Exclusively from iPhone 6 Reviews in the show notes for episode 336 at todayinios.com. It's actually a pretty funny read. And it lets you see how over the top some, or okay, many of the iPhone reviewers go. Hey Rob, it's Levi, Riverside, California. Just wondering if you know if there's a way to turn off the swipe to go back feature. Because I keep on trying to zoom in and view emails. And as I'm trying to go back to the left side, I end up going back to the inbox. So I was wondering if you know how to turn this off. I'd really appreciate it. Have a good one. Talk to you later. Bye. Levi, as always, thanks for the voicemail messages. And folks, I'm going to throw this one out to you. If anyone knows how to help, I'm not sure of any way to do this unless you jailbreak. But if anyone knows how to help Levi, please give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Into the email bag we go. Hi, Rob. So you find an iPhone, iPad, etc. Someone's lost it. And you, as a good person, want to return it. The device is locked. How do you do it? Well, you press the home button to activate Siri, then ask, who owns this iPhone or iPad? And Siri will bring up the owner's contact details. Simple as that. Give it a go. For me, it had, um, I had lost uh, lots of passwords in my contact notes. <laughs> so remove anything that might be embarrassing or could be secure from what you would have in your contact notes for your contact that could be revealed by this method. Regards, Chris. Hi, Rob. I wanted to ask you and the audience about an issue that I'm having with my iPad first gen, the iPad mini first gen. This was my first and currently only Apple product that I own, and I'm noticing a burn in effect on the screen. I am seeing ghost-like images around the sides of the screen when working from uh, app, going from app to app, and I'm wondering if either you or anyone else has had this issue and what to do to repair it. This is a replacement of my original iPad mini, which had a headphone jack malfunction and a battery defect. Regards, Brandon H. Well, Brandon, thanks for sending in that voicemail message. First thing I would do is, what are your settings on your screen? How high up do you have the brightness turned? Go to your brightness settings and see if you've got that up past the halfway mark. You may just need to turn down your brightness. But I have never seen a burn-in effect on any iOS device I've owned over all these years. And I've got most of the iPhones and many of the iPads. Again, I've never seen a burn-in effect on any of them. First thing I suggest, turn down your brightness. You may have your brightness turned too high. If anyone else has had a burn-in effect or seen something like this, let us know. Give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Hi, Rob. Just finished TII episode 335 and heard Zach with a question regarding the iPhone 5C. I had the same problem with my iPhone 5C. Long story short, I disliked the phone. I went to the local Apple store to ask the Genius Boys uh, there with about this problem. In short, all they could tell me was, yes, they saw this in the forums and I should re-download the song to see if that will delete it. Personally, 
I think this was a software problem with this particular model. Also, I have an app for your show that I'd like to recommend. The app is called Syncosis. So Sync iOS. So it's S-Y-N-C-I-O-S, one word. I found this as a way of putting media onto my iOS device without using the clunky iTunes dinosaur on my Windows machine. You simply download the software to the computer and sync your iOS device over USB and poof, there is all there is all your, your iOS info in a nice, simple layout. I have timed the difference in between uh, iTunes and Sync iOS, and here is the difference. In the time iTunes took to load one album into my iPhone 6, I was able to load four albums through Sync iOS. Genius. But one warning to listeners, Sync iOS and iTunes must both be on the same drive for it to work. I found that the hard way that running iTunes off an external drive and not the laptop causes the sync to crash. Regards, Tom K. Well, Tom, thanks for the heads up on Sync iOS. One word, S-Y-N-C-I-O-S. Sad news in the blogosphere. The unofficial Apple weblog, or as we often refer to it, T-U-A-W, is SOL thanks to AOL. Yep, AOL is closing it down, or so says a verge. And according to TechCrunch, TUAW will actually be folded into Engadget. And in any case, seems TUAW's lack of using all-out link-bait Apple bashing, like, say, The Verge has done way too often, um, helped lead to TUAW's demise. See, folks, there is no profits in responsible journalism. Lesson learned. Thanks, AOL. Into the email bag. Hi, Rob and TII listeners. I have a keyboard question. I would like to try out some third-party keyboards, but there is a feature in Apple's native keyboard that I can't seem to find in any of the others. In the native keyboard, when you press a key, a larger version of that key appears above it, which is very helpful for those of us with vision impairments. Does anyone know of a third-party keyboard that offers the same feature? Thanks in advance, and thanks for all you do, Rob. Regards, Tammy in St. Louis. Well, folks... If anyone knows an answer here for Tammy, please give us a call, 206-666-6364, or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Into the email bag, or back into the email bag. Hi, Rob. Well, the nightmare has happened. I've lost my iPhone. Tried calling the phone, and it's turned off. I logged onto iCloud and clicked erase data. It said pending. I then stupidly, in my panicked mode, not thinking straight mindset, removed the device from the account. From the research I have done, I know that removing the device would have canceled the erase request if someone hadn't switched it, had switched it on and connected to the internet. If that had if that had done so, the erase would have gone through. I also know uh, someone can now restore to factory settings and set it up as a new device without any activation lock prompt. My concern is my data that I had on the phone. I have iCloud and iTunes backed up, so I haven't lost my data, but I'm wondering if someone will still be prompted to enter a passcode if they turn the phone on. I know I won't get the phone back, and I know I've basically made it impossible uh, or made made it possible for someone to access the phone and use it as new, but I'm hoping with the chain of events that has occurred that my data won't get accessed by someone else. I'm out of my mind with worry regards Steve in Brisbane. And then another email from Steve. I, Rob, following up on the previous email, I have had numerous discussions with Apple today, and it seems that removing the device from iCloud simply removes the activation lock rather than the passcode. So it sounds like the only thing someone could do now is to set the phone up as a new device after doing a restore, which of course would wipe any data. If someone switches it on in its current state, they are likely to be prompted to enter a passcode. However, I just realized that Siri on the lock screen can be used to do certain things such uh, as so as such. I've changed the passcode on my Apple ID, email, internet banking, and social media accounts. That is all I can do for now. I can only hope that a would-be thief is more likely to wipe my data off the phone and set it up as new for themselves rather than try to access what was on there when I lost it. 
my advice for listeners is if you lose your phone, take a breath and think logically so you don't make a mistake in the panic state like I did. I was stung by my carrier for early termination fees of the contract, but the only positive is I now have a 6 Plus. My wife thinks I lost the other phone on purpose as I have wanted one since it came out. In the future, I shall be very vigilant with my iPhone. I will keep my iPhone and location services on so I can track it if necessary, and I certainly won't be removing any more activation locks. Sometimes in life, you have to learn the hard way, and I certainly have in this case regard Steve. And then I emailed Steve to ask how things were going, and he wrote back, Hi Rob, thanks for the email. I doubt I'll get it back. If Steve has got it, they are more likely to wipe the device clean either for themselves or to sell. So especially now I've changed my main password. I'm not worried so much about them accessing my data. My carrier has blocked the handset. I can guarantee I won't let this happen again as it, as it is beyond painful. Can you maybe on the show run through a security step checklist for listeners? You know, enable a passcode, enable touch ID, use two-step verification, disable access on the lock screen for everything under settings, touch ID, and pass code, and allow access when locked. Um, make sure find my iPhone under both iCloud and location services is turned on with an active internet connection so you can track the device. Location services needs to be on as well. Regards, Steve. Again, Steve, I am so sorry to hear of your loss there. And thank you for sharing your story. And hopefully your sharing of your story will save someone similar grief in their future. Well, Rob, uh, this is Ron Lefford from Hubbard, Ohio. Just wanted to call and make a comment about AT&T. I, I do notice that pattern where whenever they have a promotion on anything, it's always Samsung Galaxy this, uh, LG that, and uh, especially like right now, I'm looking at one right now that was emailed to me, a tablet sale, and then soon. No mention in areas uh, of any type of uh, free... Uh, offering for an Apple tablet. Now, since uh, you know Apple uh, iPads are kind of on the way, you'd think they could could kind of show up with uh, with Apple uh, promote, promoting it through AT and T. But that isn't happening. But uh, my point of it is, is uh, every time I turn around, it, when it comes to offering a cell phone or any type of promotion, it's always something to do with Android. And I think part of that is the uh, because of the reason is is because of the success of Apple in making money and making a profit and everything and AT and T just being a little bit jealous of all that and uh, not wanting to end up having to pay Apple for a great product to promote their AT and T services. Okay, that's all I got on it. But this is basically a response to the comments of the other guy that was noticing what AT&T does. Okay, bye-bye. Ron, thanks for the voicemail message. You know, I can't really blame AT&T on those specials. They are getting discounts from their OEM suppliers, the manufacturers of the devices, to make those deals possible. Apple doesn't want their iPads going on sale specials for $0. They don't want to lessen or degrade the value of their devices where the other guys are just sitting there with storehouses and warehouses full of these tablet devices. And so they have to sell them on the cheap. I mean, so Microsoft did a write off of $900 million on their tablets. So, you know, they, you get what you pay for. And if you're paying for nothing, there's a good chance you're getting nothing. And that's the simplest way to put it. But that said, a lot of people out there like that word free and zero and and let's be honest, there are some people that are attracted to that zero dollar sales. They probably don't know better, almost never do, and they're going to go ahead and get this free device, quote unquote, even though that free device is a piece of crap. But AT&T is doing what they're doing. They know they need to get as many people as possible and some of their promotions, many other promotions, are around that quote-unquote free word. Thanks again to Casper.com for their support of TII. 
If you go to casper.com slash TII and use promo code TII, all lowercase, you will save $50 off a mattress shipped right to your door. Again, go to casper.com slash TII and use promo code TII. I want to thank all of you that sent in emails and messages about my mom. I'm happy to report that she's doing well after her open heart bypass surgery. She is already out of the hospital and back home. That was one trip I was definitely not expecting to make, but there is a trip I have planned for February, and that is February 24th, 26th. I will be at the NRB show in Nashville. If you are attending, please look me up. I will be at the Lipson booth, booth 756. Always nice to meet listeners face-to-face. And hey, we have chocolates at the booth. Again, that's booth 756 at NRB at the end of February. Look forward to meeting some of you face-to-face. And before we go today, I want to remind you to send in your feedback to the show, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or record your feedback and email it to the show at todayinios at gmail.com. Feedback can be a question or comment for something someone said on this episode, or it can be a question or a rant you have about something else, an app or product review, good or bad. As long as it's iOS related, it is welcomed. I am always looking for new artwork to be featured that you've created on iOS device. Just put some TII branding on it and send it in. And of course, we're always looking for more music created on iOS device to play on the show. It's your show and your feedback is greatly desired. And don't forget to check out our moderated Google Plus community by going to todayinios.com slash community. And a quick thank you to all of you that nominated Today and iOS for the Podcast Awards. For those that have not, please go to podcastawards.com and for the technology section, nominate Today in iOS for the podcast name and todayinios.com for the website. Thanks again for your help and you have until February 6th to nominate Today in iOS for a podcast award. And finally, the TI app is now free to you. Search for TII in the iTunes App Store. It is the best way to consume the show and to get push notifications each time a new episode of TII is released. You can get all the past episodes, blog posts, bonus content, including PDFs on how to optimize your iOS device for battery life and what to do before updating your software, which is a recommended read before you update to iOS 8.1.3. Again, search for TII in the iTunes App Store. And that, folks, is going to do it for us today. Until the next time, I'm your host, Rob, from Today in iOS, reminding you to phone different. This show is hosted on Libsyn.com and part of the Wizard Media Network. If you are looking for hosting, go to Libsyn.com, that's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com, for hosting for your podcast and for creation of your own smartphone app. The Today in iOS podcast can also be found on the free Stitcher radio app. Just search for T-I-I. 